The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love in Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted, Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com, where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com. Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. By the thumbs, for the thumbs. You're listening to the Smack Attack. Hey guys, welcome to the Smack Attack right here on HMG and the Hameen Media Group YouTube channel. I know what you're thinking. This is not the handsome James Money Mac uh, MacGyver. Uh, he is on his birthday weekend, and he asked me to fill in. I am your guest host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. Welcome everybody to the show. As always, we are joined by the co-host of the Smack Attack, the ain't Smackdown's bitch. It is the one and only John Enright. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Rattle Cause. Rob, it is good to hear your voice this morning. It is obviously different not hearing the Scottish brogue on the end of the other line. Um, so uh, it's it's uh, it's good to hear a good American voice. You know, a southern man just like yourself, just like myself, be able to talk some some wrestling this morning as we get into it and uh, do that kind of thing. But, you know, I guess the first thing is, you know, you and I have never worked together before. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, let's take a minute, minute to kind of learn about each other a little bit, I guess. Um, you know, I know you're from the South, but where, where are you at located? And let's, let's kind of figure out kind of what we do when we're not talking to the microphones all the time. 
yeah, I don't know when that is because, you know, <laughs> 70% of the week I'm talking in a microphone or some form or fashion. Uh, fun fact, John, um, I do live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, but I am not a native southerner. Oh. Uh, I'm actually from Connecticut. I was born and raised up in New England. Okay. My wife uh, is from uh, Tennessee. And uh, MSG and I just went over this on the recent edition of RTW Rewind, which can be found right here on HMG. Uh, cheap, cheap plug there. Um, I met my wife at an AOL chat room in 1998. And uh, we hit it off. And here we are. Uh, however many years later, I, I don't do math, but uh, twenty some years later, we have a oh, we have an almost three year old daughter. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a I'm a, I'm a transplant, but I do love it in the south. Oh, yeah. I, I really do. It's uh, one, it's cheaper to live. Uh, the people are a lot nicer. People up north are completely miserable. Sorry, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Colin, what's in the house, buddy? Colin, Colin Weissong is in the house. What's up, yeah. buddy? Yeah, the smack attack is finally back in the hands of the Americans. That's, that's right. right. That's right. And yeah. Southerners, good Southerners. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I have uh, I have learned to uh, to love living in the South, and I don't want to go back. I really yeah. don't. Um, but no, I've been a wrestling fan for thirty something years. My camera sucks, by the way. I have to get a new one. It flickers every now and then. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up obviously in the Northeast, being a WWF mark. Um, around '89, we got cable, we got TBS, so I, I found out what WCW and the NWA was, uh, and I've loved wrestling ever, ever since. Ever since up until the pandemic, um, I actually stopped watching wrestling on a weekly basis because it was just so freaking god awful. Uh, so this is the first SmackDown I've seen in quite a while. You might have to catch me up on some of the things that some of the storylines that might be going on. That's fine. Um, but uh, we're definitely going to break down the show and get into it, and I'll let you know what I thought about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's that's kind of my little background. I'm, I'm also yeah. a Twitch gaming streamer. I'm a YouTube content creator. I have a, I have a retro gaming channel. So uh, yeah, I'm always busy, dude. Always busy. That's good. That's good. So uh, as you, I'm sure you know, some of the other people know, I, I work for a nonprofit here in rural Texas, helping victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, as well as mental advocacy, mental health advocacy as well. Um, and then uh, my, my wrestling journey is different because I didn't really grow up with it. I grew up in South Louisiana. And so you would think, oh, big territory days, people coming through Lafayette wrestling, you know, um, you know, some of those areas, uh, Bill Watts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it just never connected with me. You know, it wasn't on TV on a regular basis. Um, I think a couple of times I saw the old WWF uh, Hogan cartoon show. You know, that was about the extent of what I knew about wrestling. Um, and it wasn't until when I got to college and I was in dorms and we had cable TV. I started seeing Monday Night Wars of Nitro and, uh, you know, WCW. Um uh, yeah, she did. Thanks, Colin. She did. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try. To Thanks do that for stopping by, Colin. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, so uh, it was college for me. So ninety. So what ninety seven? So peak. You know, the Monday Night Wars kind of thing is what really got me into it. Watching WCW Nitro versus you know Raw and just flipping back and forth and going, boy, both of these are a lot of fun and, and goofing off with it. And then kind of died down for a little bit and then picked up. Uh, probably a few years ago when I started learning about the independent wrestling scene here in Texas and uh, got to meet Lance Archer. Um, you know, he's a good acquaintance of mine now and a lot of other local wrestlers here, uh, Barrett Brown, who's becoming big on uh, new Japan strong here. If you've watched new Japan strong, 
Texas local guy. Um, and then a lot of other people that I'm starting to learn and, and, and get to know and connect. And so that just kind of built my love back up for wrestling when, you know, having a son, being able to do that. He's 15 now, but we've been going to live shows and, and different things. And so uh, it makes it different when you watch independent shows and watch it live. And then you go to turn the TV on and you watch it and uh, you're expecting a, something a little better. And it's not that level, you know? And mm, so, yeah. you know, and as much as I want to support Lance and AEW, there are times where I turn even AEW on, and I'm going, eh, come mm. on. Like, what are they like? Like, I hate that they bounced Lance around so much. They bring him up, put him in these title matches, and then they take him down. I'm like, he should have held a title by now. He's been in there over a year. I mean, he looks like a million bucks, six foot eight, 275 pound Texan, just scary looking. He should be, he should have held a title by now, you know, but it it just, you know, but that's, that's here or there. So that's, (laughs) but again, I'm a little biased. I know the guy. He's a good, good dude. Um, He helped me get, Tickets to New Japan uh, to the G1 when they were here in Dallas. So I got to see that show live. Um, got to do some other things like that that he just kind of helped us with. And then connecting with people that way. So that's where now, you know, and then being able to do stuff like this. Um, and then you watch, you know, it's, it's so hard. The very first time I watched, I think, SmackDown, which has been since what, 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was asking James, I was like, is this how it is on all the time? I mean, this is bad. This is really bad. And like, yeah. he goes, no, this is pretty much what it is. And of course, in the middle of a pandemic, when you're trying to watch a show with crowd noise piped in and there's no people there except for on the screen and it looks stupid, you know, it, it just makes it not enjoyable. So, you know, but I guess to start, the question would be, Hey, we're not going to have to be dealing with this much longer, you know. According to uh, news sources, yesterday before SmackDown went live, uh, WWE is going to start touring uh, mid July. You know, that is correct. And uh, guess where they're starting? The great uh, they're state starting of Texas, great state of Texas, Houston, Texas, at the uh, Toyota Center, correct? Yeah, yeah. The Toyota Center is on Friday. The SmackDown will be the first live show there, and then Fort Worth, which is literally twenty minutes away from me. Uh, we'll host uh, Money in the Bank at the Dickies Arena uh, in Fort Worth. And then mon- the next Monday night uh, on the the 18th is the Money in the Bank. And I think 19th is the Raw at the AAC. So uh, Fort Worth has gotten really smart. They built that Dickies Arena Center. It's about 14,000 uh, seat arena. Um, so perfect for something like uh, a show like AEW or, or a pay-per-view like this, where it's not a huge stadium like the Death Star, Jerry World, whatever you want to call it, uh, out in Arlington, but good enough. You know what I mean? AAC holds about 20. Yeah. So, you know, so it's it's about the same thing. So Fort Worth got real smart with that, and then it just makes touring that much better. Because let's be honest, people want to say they want to come to Fort Worth, you come to Dallas for a show, but if it's in Dallas, somebody like me, I'm not driving an hour and a half. <laughs> right. An hour and a half for me to go to Dallas. I ain't doing that, you know? But if you put a show in Fort Worth, Man, you're grabbing people from all over from that direction. You're you're hitting two spots that are just going to really do that. So, and of course, the fact that our governor has now said masks are um, your choice. You can't governments, even local governments, cannot mandate um, wearing a mask, and if they do, they're fined. And uh, so, you know, now Texas is 100 percent open. It's your choice to wear a mask. I, you know, will respect people like at you know grocery stores or whatever. I haven't been vaccinated yet. I'm waiting for the Johnson Johnson to become available somewhere so I can just get that one because I ain't doing that DNA messed stuff. Sure, it's cool technology, 
but it hasn't been tested. You know, I mean, none of it's really been. I mean, well, it was good that Johnson Johnson pulled off the shelves because people were either yeah. dying or getting adverse reactions to it. Yeah, but, but uh, they were all women who were taking um, uh, what did you call it? Uh, birth control. Yeah, now, this, uh, it was six women taking birth control. So we uh, we actually have a run that. So sorry to interrupt you. Uh, oh. We have a we have a special guest making a special appearance here. Let's hey. bring him in. Let's do it. Y'all, y'all. Yes, that's right. I heard you talking about your mandating and your birth control. If only your fathers would have pulled out, that would have been the best birth control possible. Then we wouldn't have you two pathetic bearded morons here. On the smack attack at Hamain Media Group, infidels. It's Hacker Hamain. Yallah. <laughs> Holy shit, the run in from the man himself. Holy Good morning, shit. Ben. What's Good going morning, on, brother? Infidels. Good morning. Glad to have you guys uh, covering the show, man. I, I uh, saw Rob put it up there and uh, said, shit, I, I enjoyed that show last night. So let's, uh, let's give him a couple minutes where I got to do. Uh, some other production work, but uh, hopefully you guys are having a, a good morning, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, no, it's a good morning so far. Getting to work with Rob and uh, getting ready to. We were actually getting ready to start talking. We were talking about how Texas is going to host the first live shows that yeah. WWE is hosting, uh, which is funny because AEW is the next week. And you know, I feel like this was WWE saying, "All right, fuck you, AEW. We're yeah, going to come in first. You know, that was the whole point of you know that you know. That's a smart. That's a hell of a smart promoter move. Yeah. A stick move. Come in, juke the town, get the get the ticket money. And WWE's done that to two C or tried to do that to two CW before, mm. but the faithful were so loyal to it. It might have hurt some people who have not a ton of uh you know disposable income who had to choose one or the other for their kids. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, if you're in a war, that that's a smart move. Let them make their chess move. And then, boom, I would do that a couple times. I would see where they're going. And uh, because once they got those buildings locked down, WWE can, you know, use their years of leverage, you know, yeah. that what they have over AEW uh, with these contracts with buildings. So unless Khan pays, a, and if I was the building people, <laughs> mm. I would tell Khan, dude, uh, I would up the price another 20 30%. And that's your insurance policy that we won't book WWE ahead of you to come flush your town. So right. everybody's so Con- a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, then, so then Con will lose more money because he's not filling even the, the B and C arenas. Right. right. But but there's a there's you weigh that of is the perspective of being first and being back worth that mm-hmm. to get that to to try and take that ground. And you know, WWE acts like we're back. We're back. Uh, you know what's back? Hamin's Tarp Emporium. Because what happens when you can only still fill a third of the arenas like you were before? It's See, not like it's going to be fucking to the rafters and people yeah. going nuts, man. So. Well, but I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. We, you know, here, you know, the, the, Fort, the, the Fort Worth show, the Money in the Bank is in Fort Worth, 20 minutes from me. All right. Uh, and that's a 14,000-seat arena. So it's not massive. So it's like the AAC. That's where they need to be. Yeah. And, but and what that, happens What happens when they can't fill that? Well, right. It, right now, people are clamoring for this kind of stuff. Like, okay. there are, there are like, uh, Gillies downtown. They're starting to do live shows in Fort Worth. That place, they have people, they're having to kick people out because people are wanting to go to live events. Okay. And, and so, and Texas is now completely 100% open. 
Uh, the governor has mandated that if local governments try to do mask mandates, those governments are fined and they cannot limit people on if they want to wear a mask or not. It's up to everybody's choice. So this is now kind of freed up the state to go, all right, well, if you can do what you want, we're open. We have live events. We're doing all these things. So we're seeing stuff like this start to happen here, which is, I think, the other reason why Texas is becoming the first place where a lot of these touring companies to go because the governor said, you know, hey, by the way, unemployment, you're not getting that shit anymore. Go back to work. Masks, they're your choice. Do whatever you want, but you cannot uh, mandate. Let's be, let's be honest with you. Texas is one of those rebel states that are going to, you're not going to tell a Texas boy what the fuck to do. You know yeah, what I mean? And they're not, uh, it, it's got, no, I mean, I want to say it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the upper echelon, higher powers that are getting kickbacks on kickbacks, whether it's from death claims, from shutting things down of whatever they want to do. And Texas doesn't have the overarching government and governors and mayors that are nearly as corrupt as the East Coast, uh, Northeast that are all in that where they, they, they go and, and break down uh, Giuliani's door to take take his shit away. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. that, that's not ha- you don't have that level of corruption openly in Texas. And that's why freedom reigns there a little bit more than other places. And as that goes, so will others because, Hey, they did it. That's the excuse that they're trying mm-hmm. to undo all of this insanity that they've conditioned people to do. And, well, you know, that's whether if you've been vaxxed, you don't need a mask. Well, now, how are you supposed to tell anybody? Well, it's your papers. Well, you can't show your papers. And that's not a HIPAA law. It's about the, the taking of civil liberties and civil mm-hmm. rights and who's going to bend to it and who's going to come up with these stupid little Nancy Brown excuses of why this to justify that. It's a super spreader. Oh, yeah. How'd that go with the Super Bowl, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. none of it. All of it was a big, huge bunch of media bullshit and Texas don't go in like that. So mm. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that they pack out 14,000 standing room only because the way that goes does trickle down to the Indies and people need that. Okay. This bullshit we lived under for 14 months is over with. Mm-hmm. And, and it was all a lie <laughs> to, 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 a, to a most degree, you know, right. what I, you know of control. And now we're going to come back over the top on them. So mm-hmm. I hope, if you're in Texas, pack those shows out because the world this time the world is watching. Yeah. And and, and we want that to set a tone of enough is enough and it's time for a change. Yeah. Somebody said that once a little and, and we 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 the independent shows, I've been going to them, they've been running lately. So I've been doing my best to go to a lot of independent shows, and we're Great. seeing a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people at shows uh, and venues that can hold them. Uh, just because um, that's important to support the local stuff. So then when this big stuff comes around, we do that. I mean, and the other funny part is AEW, they're running a, a, the the same center they did, which is in Garland, which is literally all the way across the Metroplex. So one, you're yeah. cutting off a whole Fort Worth, Arlington, high money area there by going all the way on the uh, east side of town, outside of Dallas. And then that's only a 2000 seat arena. And right now I'm looking at tickets and they're like three and 400 bucks if you want tickets for what's left. And I'm going, fuck that shit. I ain't driving on across town for 300, right. 400 bucks. I'm going to pay whatever WD says on Wednesday. I'll look at that and go, Hey, money in the bank. That's 20 minutes from my house. And I'll get upper deck seats for what? 50 bucks or whatever. I'll and, probably have a street for less than that. If you yeah. want to wait, you said AEW's charging three, 400 for ringsides. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that was floor. And then just up in touch. 
and honest fucking touch. You know, yeah. what, you know what I would do if I was a fucking billionaire, dude? If I was coming back and I really wanted to endear people and, and get everybody to whatever. I mean, maybe fronts and floors, I wouldn't do this, but every other seat in the arena, one dollar. One I mean, is that going to hurt Khan to run two shows on that? He's already run a a whole year without doing it. If you really want to get that tidal wave going of people coming back and, and, and as consumers to be like, wow, this guy's really wants, wants people back in the arenas to support product, dude. That's absolutely what I do. And you got all these indie shows in Texas. Why are you talking to the promoter? Why am I not booked down there, bro? What's the deal? Well, I know. I'm working on it. I always think about, <laughs> hey, bring in the conspiracy horsemen. Let's have a four-way with them. And, you know, so, uh, and uh, I'm friends with one of the guys, and I'm, I'm talking to him. So don't worry. I haven't. Your I name is It was a good time in New Jersey. Um, you know, we're, it was an outdoor show. So they asked people to wear masks, but no one was too hardcore about it. Uh, and they said that with Titan show that I was on, even though I was unannounced because they built a big business, Blaze Haram versus Rick Recon in the Iraqi prison match. They said that was one of the largest crowds they have. And now that I'm announced for June 19th, I'm hoping we see those numbers go up even more. But it was a nice uh, outdoor crowd. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I like I said, I really hope they pack it out. But that is a dumb fucking move. Three, four hundred dollars means greed. And yep. when you buy greed to your product, people are going to feel a certain way about it. And especially mm-hmm. when you've got, just you know, infinite income <laughs> in the billions one or two moves like that would endear that crowd to him, but they I'm shocked as Booker of the Year. I'm shocked that he missed the yeah. one. Yeah, so, and, and that's just what I could find. It wasn't through their aid because their AEW thing. So this is this was aftermarket. So um, but from what everybody was saying, floor was still 150, 200 bucks. You that's know? A, that's overvaluing your worth. You yeah, know what I mean it really is. Yeah, it's overvaluing what forty dollars is too much, bro. Yeah, yeah. it's overvaluing what, what you perceive your product to be worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it's it's really not. And I, I went to one of the first shows in Nashville. It might have been like the third show when Dynamite launched. Uh, and I went to the Municipal Auditorium, not the Bridgestone where the Preds play. I went to the smaller one where, you know, WCW ran for how many years? And um, it, it seats maybe 8,000, and it was half full. And it, with the set there and all that, too. They, they, they're definitely losing money in the early days when they launched. And I, I don't know what's going to happen to come back. If John's right and they're clamoring for for any shows, people just want to get out and go to something. Yeah, I, I can see it, but it's still a niche market. Like you're only going to get the wrestling fans. But how yeah. about like forty dollars tickets, thirty dollars t-shirts? Buy two t-shirts, get one free. Now you've got them for a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and yeah. they get a little added bonus for going that way. It's affordable, and now you got people wearing your brand. Like say the third t-shirt is nothing more than an AEW We're Back shirt, something mm-hmm. that costs them five bucks to print. And yeah. fucking throw it at them. And now you got walking billboards in your town all over the place, and they feel good that they got that. It's, hey, man, that's the exclusive AEW We're Back shirt. You can only get it at Come Seeing Us at the shows. Dude, they, they just miss, 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 yeah. miss. It's on market yeah. all the yeah. time. And now you're going to tie greed to your product, and people are going to perceive that a certain way. Yeah. Now, what, it, what do you think about WWE, Ben? I mean, with with with, I know the product is down right now, but with the draw of the name brand, that's the think, difference. You that's know, they, they they should at least three quarter full the arenas. Mm-hmm. Price alone doesn't matter for them because right. they have the name brand recognition, and especially if they're coming in to scoop the town a week earlier. Yeah. Now, what you're left with is families who aren't 
they're like wrestling's coming to town. Oh, but wrestling's coming to town. And if you got kids and it's nostalgia, which everything is right now, you're going to go WWE nine out of 10 times because AEW's niche demographic is an 18 to 49 year old unmarried male who, you know, has expendable income, but doesn't have family. So you're only getting one buy as opposed to a, a buy of four to five. And the name recognition and longevity of WWE is going to beat them up in every outside demographic that way. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not even thinking how to get outside of. All right, we we know we've got eighteen to forty nine tape trader masturbators. Boom, we got them. How do we get family? How do we get people who watch WCW and like Sting? And how do we get new little kids to get into Orange Cassidy? You know what I mean? Like. They're not doing any of that to really expand their bubble. And and that's the sad thing of wrestling is they think they're over. And as Rip said, you ain't over. Sure. You know, so they, they think they're hyped instead of going, how do we, we, we know we've got them. How do we get outside of this? And how do we do good business locally with Texas where Texas becomes AEW country? When you have Lance Archer, who is a native Texan from the area, he lives. He lives probably a good thirty minutes from that arena. They're going to be wrestling. You know, I mean, how do you not have someone like that where you're promoting him, using him in this area to do the? I mean, that's what New Japan did. They hoard yeah. the hell out of him when the G1 was here. And I mean, like I was able to get tickets from him. He signed stuff for me. I got stuff. I helped him put posters and stuff out so that I was able to get tickets to the G1 because they used him, and he wasn't even going to be on the show originally. He was going to be like, he was just promoting the hell of it because of it. And then they put him on the show and then they said, oh, by the way, we want you in the G1. And so, and then he had the murder hawk year that he had from that G1 experience in Dallas, starting with Will Ospreay. And so, I mean, if he did that for New Japan, why the hell is AEW not doing that here right now, making him run the roads, hit the town? He'll do it. He's done it. You know, should, they should have a mini angle of, my state's the best. We're opening yeah. up here and murder hawks in the main, baby. And I would have him go over yes. on Rusev right there because yeah. now exactly. they have Rusev as TNT champ, but they just got demoted to TBS. Yeah. So that's that's going that's going away and being the TV title. You know what I mean? They're gonna have to rebrand it. That's gonna look less than they have a, they have these little opportunities, man, but they're so stuck in the Atlanta, uh, real housewives of Atlanta mindset that they, they don't yeah. they don't think about how to do this. And to be honest with you, they don't know how to promote. Who on there uh, on their staff has run indie shows, has run yeah. small territories? You know, a couple ECW guys, Jerry Lynn, and those guys would know what the fuck is going on. But yeah. they're not going to step up and step out of line in order to do it. And you got Dustin's. School in Texas, don't yeah, you? It's oh. in Austin. Yeah, that's why they're running Austin. Oh, so man. they're doing Austin. They're doing Garland. I'm not calling it Dallas. It's fucking Garland, which is west yeah. of da- or east of Dallas. Fuck that shit. It's not Dallas. <laughs> that bullshit. And then uh, I think they're running like San Antonio or something. I don't. There's how like, about how about you got Thunder Rosa's gimmick there? Yeah, that's yeah. in San Antonio. Along with SWE, yeah. you got Stevie Ray, HMG's own mm-hmm. uh, property to represent uh, to hype. And I think we're going to actually reach out and try and do something because Stevie Ray's operating in this gray area where he's doing good business for Callus and Impact. Mm-hmm. We had Adrian Yanez on from uh, right there from uh, Houston to hype UFC 262. Right. I think Stevie Ray could be a huge, huge help there as well, man. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to use the pieces that are on the chessboard already, and you're just like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, 
that, that, that shows you're pretty myopic in a lot of your, your business views. And it doesn't surprise me why your show got demoted to TBS and your soccer team got demoted to the indie leagues and why you're one in 15 hiring quarterbacks that aren't going to get you any closer. Like, I mean, I'm and, no booker of the year, fellas, but yeah. Uh, and you hired a, a quarterback who's now going to try to play tight end uh, for yeah. you know, for a year contract. You know? So yeah, it's we're we're we've got a lot of opportunities here, but WWE's been doing this snake shit a lot longer than yeah. they have. <laughs> well, and here's the smart thing they did: they did Fort Worth at, as the the pay per view, and then the next night Dallas as yeah. the the next Raw. So I mean, you're only traveling uh, thirty miles down the road, and you're hitting a massive amount of money between the two cities. You know, Fort Worth has a shit ton of money. I don't know if people really know this or not. They call it the Cowtown or whatever, but there's a shit ton of money in Fort Worth, and it's been neglected for so long. And now having this Dickies Arena and doing that, you're pulling so much money for like where I live. There are a, there are millionaires out here who own horses and shit. And you know yeah, they're, they're not the niche wrestling demographic. <laughs> it, well, you know, honestly, it's surprising because like, well, you never know. You never you're know. like you know when I did when I did postering for New Japan, I did it out here, and people were taking that, and they were going, "Holy cow, this is coming to us!" Well, you know, red, got red all that money out there. You need yeah. to find us a couple marks so we can open our own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to find us our Tony Khan, and we'll beat the shit yeah. out of both of them, bro. Just, hey, all right, I'm hey, red, rednecks are still rednecks, man. Doesn't yeah, Texas, doesn't matter how much money you got, dude. Rednecks are still rednecks. Next, yeah, right on, right yeah, on. yeah. So I don't want to hijack your show, man. But I, I no. enjoy the shit. Out. I do want to hijack your show. That's what yeah, I do. You did. Uh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this first hour of SmackDown last night. I was extremely surprised. I mean, the first part, the parade shit, the yeah. champions was dumb as fuck. Like that yeah. was bad. Uh, <laughs> but, Although I did, I did like Paul Heyman coming out and shitting on it. That yes. was the, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was great. Yeah. He was like, "You're a title holder. You're a title holder. You're like, 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 fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Yeah. You know." Yeah. But no, this is the champion. He's a champion. He's yeah. not going to be out here. Yeah. Fuck that guy. You know, I that was great. Um, other than that, it was just stupid. But it was the whole the whole purpose was to promote the idea that we're back. We're going to be in crowds. We're going to be yeah. home. We're going to be. That was the whole purpose for it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like it, you know, being because it looks stupid, you know. Yeah, I mean, Sonya Deville's trying to deliver, but it's coming off yeah. kind of false. I, and mm. like, you know, uh, Heyman did save it. I, I don't know what's dude. The the whole thing with Apollo Cruz to me is becoming so laughable because. Oh yeah. You know, you can get me for cultural appropriation and stereotypes, which is my bread and butter, and I'm never going to change. <laughs> I love, I love that shit. Uh, but this guy, you know, because he's an African-American, uh, he's an American, but uh, above all, but now he's he's totally cultural appropriation of what his ancestors' country are to a stereotype. Nigeria! Mm. <laughs> I'm going, wow, bro. Yeah. Even, even me looking at that as a total stereotype gimmick, I go... This guy, he's almost taking it to a, a satire level yeah. of stereotype. To I don't know if it's the fuck you or the like, it pops Vince. Like that's how they far they want him to go. But I'm looking at him. I am just shocked <laughs> that he hasn't been zapped yet. You know what I mean by cancel culture because they don't want to come at a black guy during a Black Lives Matter thing. But dude, we're like if you can do that stereotype, there's no reason I can't be on WWE TV. Exactly. <laughs> Doing what I'm doing now, you know what I mean. So 
that that was the one thing that keeps sticking out to me week after week. Like just when you think he can't turn up even more A's on the end of something, he fucking <laughs> he's going an extra ten seconds on it. So to make it just a, a kind of a maybe a goof on the office, or maybe it's popping them and he's doing it more. I don't know, but. The question remains, the cultural appropriation, even by a black man, is it wrong? And do Nigerians feel some kind of way? And then they're like, fuck Nigerians at the end of the fucking day to to get this guy over with Commander Aziz, who's obviously not Nigerian. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, uh, that shit pops me to no end. Which is funny because, like, you know, I watch with my 15-year-old and he's like, why the hell is the commander of these guys? He's not even Nigerian, and I mean, and he goes, he's wearing a marine jacket with sergeant stripes and a and a command. He's like, this uniform makes no sense. Like my son is ripping the shit out of this. Uh, the whole commander. He's, why is he holding the spear upside down? Why is you know the point is in the that's not how you hold a spear. You know, it's so hilarious to listen to my fifteen year old just shit on this. Uh, when he comes out with whole gimmick, and he's just like, why is he trying to do an accent? I mean, I saw him right before, like the month before they did this, he had no accent, and then all of a sudden he has a magic accent, which he can't keep. You know, if my 15-year-old is pointing this out, that's bad. I mean, it's, it, but it's almost to the point now, like you say, where it's almost comical that it's it's doing, so yeah. I, I have to wonder if that's the whole point, is are they trying to make fun of it? Does it pop Vince? And if it pops yeah. Vince, doesn't matter what the fuck it for anybody else dude and i think that's to the point of where we are but it is amazing a guy who as uha nation uh you know unbelievable athlete take yeah. nothing away from apollo cruz's athleticism work in the gym yeah money right now. good looking guy but he couldn't f- find his voice at all in his whole run this comedic overblown at least i'm seeing so much more commitment to the bit mm-hmm. And, and that's when you're doing, you know, these types of ethnic bits, you really have to, you can't half ass it. You right. got to go, you got to go hard in the paint. So I'm seeing more charisma wise, which no matter if we switch out of something in a year or two from where he is now, he at least may have found something in himself as a performer of what he's capable of. Right. You know what I mean? So there is that, that positive aspect that I see out of it, but man, so- it's rugged. Yeah, let me ask you this question. Uh, so, as, as a performer, since you you do this kind of stuff, um, how does can he transition to a babyface with this character, or does he have to transition out of? So, does he go back to being Apollo Cruz, or is this something that he can continue as a babyface? Is there a way you can see that? I think uh, they'll just shorten it to Apollo, like they mm-hmm. do everything else, and that's enough God uh, style. Even though he's not Greek, yeah. maybe he'll, he'll become Greek. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, GGP will be his uh, new commander as he. GGP, right, right. Uh, obviously, there's got to be a. A uh, small story where he turns on Commander Aziz or vice versa, you know what I mean, along those right. lines, and then can split out and and do a shoot on the office of all the shit they made him do to be comical and be the anti-hero Austin style of you fucking wanted me to do this shit and and now but I'm I'm so much more than that, you know, right. along those lines. So there is opportunity for him to transition out of Nigeria and do do other things absolutely but 
this could be like, like, like you said, this is him getting on the bike with training wheels, being able to find his voice and, and where we can go from there is interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I guess we have to talk about the six women. <laughs> Do we have to? I mean, yeah, I, mean, dude, I, I, I got to put it over, man. Uh, right. I've had a lot of shitty six matches. Like it's one of my specialties and I've seen a lot of OVW dark main events where, Punk would come back and he couldn't be on the show because he's on WWE TV. So in the six man dark, they set everything up. This was a quality six shitty six, six woman dark where the story was very interesting to me. And, and what I mean by that, not the characters and what's going on, the story of the match, because when we say we're going to work an arm story or something like that, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Right. So, the girls were really on time, which I was uh, super shocked with everything with the uh, some people call it a waterfall. Some people a shotgun of where you hit somebody with something. They fuck off. Somebody feeds in walk. Yeah. But the shotgun was was built around falsies and interrupting pins. Mm. We saw Bailey take the fucking big gimmick. One, two, grab the rope like a heel should tag, pull her out, put her in the. Uh, sharpshooter in feeds in cut that off. It was a, it was a, a waterfall or shotgun of cutoffs in what would be finishers in a very interesting way. And all of them were pretty much on time where usually we can get somebody to fuck something up. You know what I mean? Like there's going right. to be air in something or there's going to be whatever. I was very, very impressed with this women's six. Uh, the, the intensity was there. It's what you wanted in the beginning to kick off a show after that parade of asinineness, whatever that was. And uh, I, I liked it, dude, to be honest with you. So uh, as critical as I can be of the girls' division a lot of times, they were on point in this one. I don't know about – there's a couple of things people pointed out. You got EST wearing pink, you know, and Natty's out there. Like, yeah. In the day, bro, that would get you so much fucking heat in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to do something like that, like, everybody knows Heart Foundation is pink and black, right? So, even though they were on the same team and tagging, not not a good look, dude. Not, right. not what people should do. And, and EST, I'm sure she probably knows that. You don't get that far in this business without knowing. But if she doesn't, believe me, Natty felt some kind of way about it when she saw her. And whether she gave her the Iggy on it or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I guess I, I guess it, the start was hard for me because uh, I didn't understand why what interests uh, Nia Snacks and uh, uh, Baszler had to attack. You know, you know uh, when Bailey was attacking ESD, I don't understand what their purpose was. So, and then you come back from a commercial, and then it's a six woman tag, right? And, you know, and that's and so getting into it was hard for me. But then when it got to the end, that's when I began to appreciate it because I'm like, okay, all right, they're wow, they're on this here. Somebody's going yeah. for a sharpshooter or something. Wow, this is actually really really good. But it took almost getting to the end for me to kind of get into it. I mean, I, that that's why I struggled with it. Is like I wanted to like it, but man, they just—it took too long for me to get. This is this is you know the matches we've seen since WrestleMania. The like it's just how mm-hmm. do we freshen or switch it up, and and they don't do a great job with that creatively. It's just out of nowhere a cold match to open. I totally get what you're saying, but uh, to, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> true. It would have come through the curtain. I would have told every one of those girls that was good work. You guys flowed together. 
I know this was mismatch and it's cross business, but everybody got their individual things over. Like um, I can't remember when that, what the false he was during that shotgun, but when they pulled her out of the ring and fucking got into it on the outside to fuck off for the finish, everything was just there timing wise. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. been a part of some real bad ones, and I've been a part of some real good ones. Yeah, I've been pleased to be a part of that one. Yeah, it was uh, Bianca was going for like where she was going to pop off the rope with the handstand, and Bailey yeah. grabbed her. That yeah, was that was, was smooth. Yeah. That was smooth. She, I, I was, I was like, damn, that was very good. Where she pulled her, got her out under the ring, and they were out there. And, and that Bailey, was the third spot that yeah. told the story of this match is about cutoffs and that's a rare story that a lot of that doesn't get told usually it's a work your knee work something along those lines like serena and uh velvet on on uh, aew told a great knee story and heat like if you watch that this week i mean that's on the show but this told something that i haven't seen a lot before so as a wrestler and a producer i thought it was very well done and i think that's tyson kid you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He, he's got to be because I mean, they. I mean, I, you figure he's probably got a lot of input, knowing what all they can do, especially with Natty, uh, because you know that was. I mean, then Natty, I think, does a drop kick to Bailey because she was trying to get back involved, and then that's when she gets crabbed with the the clutch to mm-hmm. make the tap. I just found it interesting that that because of that, that gives them a raw. On Raw, they're going to have a tag team match. Uh, who, I mean, this that's this yeah. is week nine of that same yeah. fucking match, bro. I yeah. mean, the, they got a big problem in that women's division of coming up with something new and how to get people over. And then what are you going to do? Put Carmella and Eva back out there? Mm-hmm. They those two girls aren't ready to do what we just saw in this match. They, right. they're, they're, there's no way they could have that timing. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah, uh, Bailey's hair looked cute. I thought she looked uh, a little sexier tonight, man. To be honest with you, so yeah, um, yeah and Ding dong. so you know that that was a good a good solid opener that I was like, wow, and it got the pace going. It really fucking put us from first gear into fourth gear right, right. first 10 minutes 15 minutes right right which is why to me they should have started off with that you know not that stupid parade of champions bullshit you know just yeah, that, that could have been extra from the show they needed time yeah. and they went home two minutes early yeah, yeah. so ended in nine fifty eight. so people either missed their times or the the booking of things weren't there and that thing on the front end might have been added at the last minute after the show was booked because they said, shit, we got six minutes to fill. And even yeah. that didn't go long enough in order to, right. you know what I mean? Well, well I agree. Been, I mean, yeah, that's been a consistent problem with, with SmackDown. I've noticed that they end seven, like at 57, 58, 56 consistently. That has been a consistent yeah. problem with SmackDown is I, it's like, it's, it's like, oh, it's 857. What the hell? Why why are they off the air? I mean, they still got three minutes, and then you know, then the local news is having to scramble and run like because it's Fox yep. for us. So our our Fox News starts at nine, and they're running three minute promo packages for their news, which I don't want to see. So you know, it just kills everything on the back end for me. And so I'm, it makes they me cut right. They cut. I was the the feed I was stealing was New York City, so I went right from that to. Jews and Palestinians fighting in the streets. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're going to have another match here. (laughs) (laughs) Man, go ahead, Rob. No, I mean, it's just, it's it's frustrating because you have WWE who's been doing this for 60 years. I mean, they should know how to time out a show. There's enough people there that have done this for so long. Yeah. And especially with a big client like Fox, 
you need to be on point so you're not pissing off the fucking affiliates and and, oh. and you know it's just <laughs> well i i got a couple things to say in there because the guy who booked them jacob allman uh that we had meetings with is a super fan and he oh. is easily controlled by them and we tried to warn him and he's like, we know about all these problems, but we have hopefully positive solutions. Their solution was Heyman and Bischoff. Well, how'd that work out for you? Yeah. So they, they've got him right where they want him. And will the affiliates be hot? Probably. But, dude, I could – and you're right. They have done this two or three times in the last month or two of going home early and not having their shows timed out, which means somebody who hasn't done it is probably in position there and keeps kind of missing and understanding, all right, we're headed towards that, but I'm going to need two more minutes from you guys in the middle because we came up short. They're not able to move their chess pieces on the fly so they can hit their time at the end if need be from their veteran performers or know like this match, I can tell the ref, we need you guys to grab a hold as we go to commercial to pull two yeah. more minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's, but, but I'll tell you what, heat's not on the boys in the ring. No. Unless they take, cause the refs are so mic'd that there's no way that they're just taking it home early. There's a lot of tension in that Kevin Dunn booth right now, and it's mm -hmm. on somebody, bro. And what's even worse than that, and uh, this has happened a couple times, but last night was one of the worst since maybe August and October, and there is an HMG follower and fan who does did work for WWE and was furloughed who has sent me emails outlining this, that there is – Somebody there who is terrible at their job production wise, who thinks they're fucking way up here. The sound mix last night on yeah. last night's show was yeah. horrific, like firing offense bad. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like if it was in one segment and they got the Iggy to like fix this shit now or somebody's going to get their fucking dick chopped. There was three segments that were ruined, maybe even four based on how loud the fake crowd noise was on <laughs> the scene work and, and even commentary. It, it, I'm glad we're on twitch.tv slash homie media where I can play music and don't have to listen to how bad the sound mix was. Cause I, I have a degree in sound engineering as well. And this guy who is a great HMG follower, I'm not going to stooge him off. They all know it, and he named the dude to me, and this guy thinks that he's fucking can do no wrong. Meanwhile, you've got a live TV show being ruined by a nameless, faceless hack who can't get a fucking mix right. So from now on, we're calling him DJ Deaf Guy. Yeah, because, so, I mean, that's been my number one complaint since starting the show is that yeah. the sound mix for the crowd has been just the shits. Every all week. The you know, every, every, week. every week, you know, which is sad because, like, then you have your next segment, which is – Baron Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura, and they Eric Buchenheim, which they now call Rick Boogs, comes out and does the whole yeah, guitar bit, which I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, it was pretty. I loved it. I thought it was so great, you know, yeah. seeing you know Boogs give that that thing and just you know Baron's like, I want my crown back. This is not how you treat a crown. And then you have Shinsuke come out and you're having this guy play the electric guitar, play his theme, and just make him a bigger than life character, which was so much more fun. Which is that's the Shinsuke I want to see. Um, uh, that I like from New Japan, you know, and so I'm seeing that same charisma without having him having to talk or do the the things. He's able to communicate that with his body and with the song, and have this guy Bugenheim, and then they use it in the match to distract Baron Corbin. Which, hey, I, I was good for it because I was too, man. They, they, he got over in his entrance with this new guy, you yeah. know. And I didn't really watch him in NXT, so I'm not super familiar. Yeah, he uh, didn't. He wasn't there very long. 
He's he got charisma all yeah. over. I mean, there's money there now. And what Shinsuke's doing with the crown, the pre-tapes where he's driving and doing all this shit. He's got the cat. And, like, that made me fucking laugh. That's yeah. good tongue-in-cheek Instagram stuff. As much as I bitch about Braun Strowman trying to out himself as a bear doing, you know, Daisy knots <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Like, like in, in the complete before he, two days before he goes into a main event and triple threat with killers, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're fucked. You're on the shelf. You don't know how to use social media at all. Uh, or Alexa Bliss snuggling with her boyfriend or fiance. Meanwhile, she's supposed to be a demon satanic child. You know, like you're fucked. You don't give a shit about your business. Um, this what Shinsuke did is the perfect use of social media and how to get your storyline over and show the office that like I'm gonna take anything you give me and get even more out of it using the tools I have at my disposal. Um, but I gotta put this out there. As good as that was, with I'm gonna call them boobs. Get me boobs, uh, you know. In <laughs> um, talent and charisma, I think Elias needed him a lot more than mm-hmm. Shinsuke does, and he yeah. looked like Elias. He fucking can play guitar. So we either start with him on the same side of the fence in this scene, and Elias because Riker isn't adding anything except you know sound guy. And now the band is back together and they look like it. You could even call him Elias's cousin or whatever if you wanted to. And then from there, we have the classic who's the front man of the rock band. You know what I mean? Where they're trying to one up each other. They can both be heels on the same side, keep winning. And we have some cool music shit, man. Mm-hmm. You could even get the girl from um, NXT there who does the opening. Yeah. Blonde with the guitar, too. So now we've got three guitar gimmicks with play, but they're all over the place and they're not connected in any way. Elias really needed him to be a shot in the arm to to, to restart him, and and that would have been way more money long term. This short term little pop to get Shinsuke over works, and we can still go that way. But you only get one chance to make a first impression, and I think it might have been. And I, I could be wrong. It might have been a stronger choice to start him over there. But what he did for Shinsuke's thing really did help a lot. And, dude, Baron Corbin, he might be on the B12. I'm not sure. But he has worked his ass off. I was super critical when he was skull at Barrett Corbin. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not really into the Game of Thrones uh, things, man. But uh, the what he's doing, he's turning chicken uh, shit into chicken salad as best he can. And he looks good. And as a natural athlete, Golden Gloves boxer, he's he's definitely got it now. He's yeah. on things. He knows where he needs to be. He knows how to work for the camera. He he's got all the skills to to take his game to the next level. To me, it felt like when he when he got this King Corbin gimmick, that's when he really found that his voice as a character. It felt like he didn't know what he was before then, and then now he's right. this King Corbin guy, and then he embraced that. It made him. It, like reinvigorate him because that's when you begin to see the body change. Just when you begin to see the character change, the work in the ring, you know, begin. I mean, he, they, they, they put that on him eight months after game of throne ends. Right. Instead of the two years before it does in see, you know, season four and five, when it would have actually been house Corbin or whatever. And that shit was like, that's just how they miss their window every single time, bro. They're, they're so behind what's cool. Uh, and then, then you, when you do something like that, they look like 
Johnny come lately's of a 75 year old guy was just giving the Iggy on a show that's been around for eight years. Like, come right. on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the match goes though, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I wasn't as invested in the match because I was more concerned with the ins and outs of the entrance of it. And then the ending of it, the match itself was to me, I don't know. Like small package I, roll up is small yeah. package roll up is wrestling wins out of nowhere, but we could have <laughs> a better finish than that. And and so it's so Corbin can react off of boobs. Uh, right. Did the distraction, and we have that. So um, we'll obviously get boobs versus Corbin, and um, you, you know, as a filler in between. I think there's a lot more fun stuff they can do to get the reaction out of Corbin and not beating them clean right out of the gate with something power or choke out or knockout is what you got to do so we can level up to get to that point. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that fun momentum that we felt uh, mm-hmm. with the new debut going forward in the next weeks, all the way to SummerSlam, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are yeah. we tired of seeing Corbin in that kind of comedy role or that, that, you know, him playing the, you know, the, I mean, he's the, he's the king, right? But I mean, how long, how long can you carry that gimmick on? Now he's kind of, pigeonhole because of the dog food and all that bullshit now he's just kind of you know fodder for everybody it could be but i think him and uh shinsuke need each other right now they're both kind of stuck where their wheels are spinning and they both have uh, shinsuke is gonna make corbin better based on his experience you've got the emperor thing to play into so the crown actually even though it's a stupid prop if you make them believe in it, that's fine. As long as we're not coming out doing Louis the fucking 14th, like they did with Booker and all that fucking shit with the scepter. Like don't insult my intelligence that way. If you're making it about that and the power struggle back and forth and Shinsuke's getting to do all of his crazy faces and takes and shit like that. That's, that's good stuff, man. It really is. And then the thing that we need from Corbin is the angry Lannister reaction where he gets fucking outsmarted by, boobs who's the court jester now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and shinsuke can just do all little crazy faces and takes to to keep him on on edge like that so it's not the highest level thing but those mid-card storylines are what i loved in the 80s and wwe and early 90s i didn't give a shit about hogan and savage to be honest with you i loved what mr perfect was doing i loved what rick rude was doing i loved all that shit what brett was doing way more and those guys got to a higher level. Unfortunately, two of them passed away before they really could have been the top guys. But mm. that stuff was always more interesting to me. And maybe that's just me. But that's where this is kind of starting these guys out of of solidifying them. And you know, yeah. well, if you yeah. remember the king, sorry, John, if, well, if you remember the, the kingship in the eighties was a big deal. Yeah, you, know, you had you had Haku and Duggan fighting over. Right. Then you know Macho Man made a fucking other gimmick on it. He was already I mean, over. That's really what we're doing right here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is the reinvention of that, and it, it's working. And those guys got to another level based off of making that work. You know, so yeah, you know, and so I mean, I guess then I guess we need to talk about the uh, Roman Reigns segment um, with. Him and Jimmy Uso, and, and then- so that this whole show was—I mean, aside from the parade of champions, this—I I looked up. I was like, "Oh, dude, we're about twenty minutes in. We were forty minutes in, right after that." And I'm like, "Holy shit, this first hour is cooking." Usually, it's like pulling teeth, you know. So up until this segment, which Reigns looks like, you know, he is a star. Like yeah. the way he's looking out now, and. And whatnot, and even though we have an Undertaker six-minute entrance to full time, uh, 
dude, he looks like a star. It looks great. Um, and and this this is where the show really slowed down, though. And I, yeah. I, I think they slowed it down and killed their own flow. They really had to get the flow of the show back here. Was there a was the Sonya Deville uh, Jimmy Uso promo right before this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, very, very cool I, shirt backstage with uh, the Afonsica and the old 8-bit shit. I like that. Um, but this was good to make Jimmy, and I knew what the business was, was coming, that we were going to have the scene where Jay has to go and fucking tell Roman that after they have right. their own thing. So those that was three uh, good part scenes. The babyface brother sets up the match. That's a great opportunity for them next. And we're setting up a match for next week, not the main event. I go, thank you. Thank you. Instead of making matches on the fly that are going to pay off on the same show, they pushed it to next week to further the business. Right. Then we knew we were going to have the Jimmy and Jay fall out of like, bro, what the fuck are you doing without asking Roman going into business for yourself? Then J- uh, Jay's got to go tell Roman and deal with the heat for his brother and get the pass along. And there is no we. There's uh, this is we. This is we, oh, yeah. Brother, you're going to do it like. That was pretty good scene writing, yeah. man. I, I I must say that was good. Three good little scenes right there. Yeah, because it was uh, so. So after the Shinsuke matches, where we had the Deville Jimmy, and then you have the in ring where um, Romans comes in, and then after that, because it was, um, I don't think they knew because they were in ring. So that's when Jay, and then after this segment, that's when Jay goes and says, "Hey, we got a okay. match." We got the street profits. We're gonna get them so that smoke. He's like, man, I gotta tell Roman. I can't. What are you talking about? And so he's like, I gotta, um, I gotta tell Roman. I I owe it to him at least to to tell him yeah. that my brother booked me in a match without your approval. Sure. Yeah. Which we're seeing. I love. This is what I like. Is we're seeing that yo yo. He's trying to decide. Well, is my is my brother the person I need to lead lead into, or is Roman the guy I need to? I mean, who you see this confliction between them, which. You know, he doesn't necessarily say with his voice. You see it with his face. That's why I really like this storyline. It's actually become very compelling for me because you're seeing this emotion where this one guy is like, he's almost brainwashed in a sense where he's like, Roman's the guy. I got to go tell Roman. But then he hears his brother and he's like, but but he's my brother. I, I, you know, it's it's. To me, it's it's great storytelling right now. It's it's very Shakespearean. It's very Mafia Sopranos in my yeah. opinion. Bro. Yeah, and and that, those are two things that I absolutely love: the high, well thought out drama, and you know the sub storyline that has as much stakes as anything title wise does. Right, so there's going to come a time where Jay has to decide to put the bullet in the back of his brother's head based on what comes down from the Godfather, or he's going to have to flip and do the righteous thing in order to do that and tell us say no to Roman. And then what does that mean? Or Jimmy is going to have to be the one who goes from baby to heel, fucks mm-hmm. over Jay and takes his spot at the side of Roman. And you didn't see it coming either way. Those are all three great choices to have on the board. And whichever road you go down, a lot of times I say we make choices that aren't the strong ones. All three of those are great setup opportunities in which way you want to go. So this is very, very good, uh, well thought out writing. And it's got to be Paul Heyman, bro, to be honest. Yeah, it's got to be. So so in this segment, we see that, you know, Roman talks and Cesaro comes out. But the whole point was to set up Seth Rollins coming back to just continue to beat the shit out of Cesaro. 
Um, yeah. Really, more than anything else, you know, the douchebag jacket yeah. thing. He's not. And again, this is where it fucking slows things down. Yeah, things going, and then we overbook these things. Like uh-huh. you just gotta let the drama settle. Nobody wants to be watching Sopranos and then have a run in from Oz. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it doesn't fucking make sense. So they step on their own business, and maybe that's to save Cesaro from himself of not being able to get over on the mic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but even later when they're wheeling him out uh, on the on the uh, stretcher with the neck brace on, and he's like, you made me do this. You, mm-hmm. made, you brought this out. Like, that shows to me he doesn't know his character's id and why he's doing things. Right. Yeah. So, again, here we are, Iowa's own. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins, the beast slayer, the man's man, the messiah, the fucking douchebag jacket, the fucking black glove, the whatever it is. To me, that goes much like Apollo. This guy doesn't know what his voice is, bro. Maybe he needs to be from Nigeria (laughs) to figure it out, too, bro. Um, Hey, man, I wanted to say thank you. I got to jump off here, but I I just wanted to get my shit in like I always do because I I thought this this, uh, episode of SmackDown had a lot more promise now. Are people going to be tuning in based on being up against NBA uh, playoffs and shit like that and and, and hockey? I don't know. But uh, the effort... Especially from the girls, was was uh, much very impressive, and the storyline interwoven throughout with uh, the with. Uh, I am the head of the table. The tribal chief was much better, dude. So everybody looked like a star, and I, I was glad to see that. Uh, let's see if they can do it again next week or on Monday, you guys. But uh, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Uh, smack attack, and uh, keep doing your thing, y'all. Uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you for the running. You're always welcome to run in anytime. So. Um, if you want to keep, put a smack a Scottish guy in the face sometime to come do it, you're more than welcome to. Well, give but, me book at your indies five bucks. I'll slap the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, I ain't nobody. Hey, I ain't SmackDown's bitch, and I ain't nobody's bitch. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, well, I'll help you make money. That's all I'm gonna do. So, all right, uh, go Texas. I'll see you later. Right. Thanks a lot, Rad Rob, on the all rewind. Right. Check it out, you guys. Uh, plenty of shows going your way. All at Patreon.com/slash Hamin Media Group. Y'all. Yala. Thanks, Woo. Ben. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, a special run-in on a smack attack from the Ayatollah himself, the, yes. the one and only Ben. That was uh, that was great. I lo- mm-hmm. always love hearing his insight. Yeah, uh, no, it, it helps because, you know, there was, like I said, there were some things like with the women's match, it took me a while to get into that. To, but to know that I did see some things that were, you know, good. And you yeah. know, let's be honest, he's in the business. He's doing what he's doing. He has a gimmick. He knows what he's going he he's he's much more of an expert at this than I am. You know, I'm just a regular schmo who's just been watching this for a while. <laughs> right. You know, and so, but to know that I'm kind of picking up some of the same things that he is 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 really good. As you said, this is where the show kind of slows down a little bit. Where we have the Rollins things, then we have the Robert yeah. Lee versus uh, Dominic. You know, um, you know, thing after the whole Rollins, we made me do this, and then you have you know. Uh, rude say oh hey by the way take your son to work days over <laughs> it's like it's like what kind of stupid ass comment is that they've no. already beaten you for the titles no. you ding dong why are no. you like trying to be like Ooh, you know you don't belong here he just beat you for the title so no. obviously he belongs it's like it's dumbass writing like that that just makes me go what the hell guys come on they, they, they take us up here with roman and then mm-hmm. they just, and then they they lower the bar with Seth, and then they really lower the bar uh, with that that line from Brood. I, I laugh because I mean it's kind of funny, but you're right. Um, what did that say about you if you just got beat by them? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, at a pay per view for the titles that you no longer own, you know. So it like, and it, it goes back to, you know, once again, we're seeing another iteration of, you know, the uh, the guys going, okay, we're going to do this match. We're we're not going to necessarily do this tag team match right away. This re, you know, we're going to do Dominic versus Root. Uh, and then next week, probably like Ray versus, you know, Dolph, you know, yeah. this stupid shit. No, let's just let's have the rematch and get it over with. And it, let's move same, on. It's the same formula, dude. It's it, it, yeah. it just like the beginning of the show. Like, how many times have you seen a promo on Raw where, you know, every six, seven, eight people come out? We come back for commercial. It's a fucking, you know, eight person matter, a six man tag. Mm-hmm. It's the same old formula WWE has been using for a while. And you're right. Next week, it probably will be Ray uh, against Dolph. But. As far as the match goes, I thought it was all right. I thought I think <clears throat> not watching Dominic for a while because, like I said, I'm not watching every week. Mm-hmm. And and Rude looks like a fucking million bucks. Oh yeah, I mean, he's in stupid good shape. Uh, I thought Dominic looked great. I thought his timing was good. I think he's getting a lot better in the ring. Um, it, I like the fact that him and his dad are the tag team champions. I would have saved that for when they go on the road because that, or at least for Money in the Bank, because that should have been a moment. That that fans should have been there for, and that's yeah. I got kind of pissed off that they wasted that pop uh, in in the fucking Thunderdome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and the, the exact, but you know, once again, this is I think WWE. I don't think they really knew they were going to be start touring until <clears throat> probably this last week where they got everything finalized because they got these Possible. three shows boxed in. Yeah. So it's like they're probably kicking themselves like, oh shit, we should have saved Ray and Dominic, our first father and son tag team ever in history. And we could have done it in front of a live crowd and we fucked it, but we didn't even know we were coming because all of a sudden, you know, AEW came out what, like uh, two or three weeks before last year, through three weeks ago saying we're going to tour Texas and we're going to, this is where we're going to be. And then now all of a sudden this week, you know, Friday, literally the news dropped Friday before SmackDown that all these, you know, news releases had it. And then so Friday they're saying, hey, we're going to be on the road, you know, in mid-July, you know. And so all of a sudden it's like now we have live shows. So then you have to wonder from this point forward, knowing that by mid-July you're going to be on the road. You have Money in the Bank in Fort Worth. You've got a live you know, a live SmackDown in Houston. You have a live SmackDown uh, at Dallas. What are they going to wait? You know, so is the storytelling going to come to a halt because we want to wait for those live crowds to get those pops, you right. know? And so this, that's my only concern about they've announced that we're going to have live shows is that we might see a hitting of the brakes on some of these storylines, you know, because we want to save the pop for the crowd, you know? And I, you know, that that's my only concern right now. Cause we're, it's, it's mid May right now. That gives us basically what two months they've yeah. they, to, to get ready for that. <sighs> okay, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm be honest. Since since WrestleMania, SmackDown has been a lot better with their storytelling, their pacing, and the sense of the way the show flows. Like Ben says, you look up and it's like, oh, we're 40 minutes in. Okay, cool. You know, granted they have their slowdown spots, but it's been moved along really, really well. They've done a lot of different things as far as the promos go. Less heavy on the front end promo, 10, 15, 20 minute promos on the front end. More where they're tying into the net next match. Things along those lines. But at the same time, too, that means we've got live shows coming. Oh, shit. Maybe we should, you know, <laughs> wait off on this thing or wait off on that thing. And I'm going, like, the Jay Jimmy, you know, thing. Does that mean that's going to get held off until mid-July? It's you know? Well, how do you do that, though? That's the problem. Exactly. They've kind of already worked themselves into a corner because 
they're already building everything. How do you keep that going till mid July? You know, uh, yeah, that's my concern. Is like they're gonna kind of fuck themselves as far as story goes on how to kind of do these things. And so I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's stuff like it's gonna be the mid card stuff that they're gonna need to do. That's why I think they need to start incorporating. You got Alpha Academy. You've got these other tag teams. Let's start working them back into what's going on. Uh, let's start building this Baron Corbin Shinsuke thing. Let's start doing some of these lower card things to help us get to where we need to so that if we have to play, pull off some of these things or we can build slower on some of the J. Jimmy stuff or the other things, you know, um, you know, that, that would be the ideal thing, you know, really, but you have to start building the mid card. You have to start building the other tag teams. You have to be incorporating all those kind of stuff. So, which is where, you know, I'm hoping that they get that from this. So, you know, uh, you know, and, and then the match, the tag, the match itself was good. Dominic, as you said, he's gotten a lot better. I mean, that dude's he's essentially getting on the job training. Really you know, is. Yeah. You know, you think about when he started to where he is now, he's just getting on the job training, you know, and I'm, which was, I thought, you know, honestly, it was why is I, I thought they brought him up and they would kick him to NXT to really get right. his training. And they haven't. He's stayed on the main roster. He's been doing this thing. They've been using him. And in that process, though, he's been getting better. Um, he did train at Landstorms Storms Academy, which uh, Landstorms Academy was has been known to produce a lot of WWE-ready cal- uh, caliber talent. So that was probably a big help for Dominic coming in. And the fact that um, Ray, you know, told, told uh, Dominic to go there, it's, I mean, to me, that says a lot when you have someone like Ray Mysterio who trained your son, but then said you need to go to Lance Storm to get trained. That says a lot to me. And so Ray probably told him, too, hey, you're up here, but you just shut up, keep your mouth closed, listen and learn, and just keep working. You know, that's probably the advantage Dominic has is that his dad's right there yep. telling him how to navigate the locker room, how to talk, yep. how to what to do, what to say, what not to do, what to say. So that's a big advantage for him. So now, then we have the. Um, uh, Jay walking into Roman Reigns' locker room to tell him about the match, you know. So how'd you, how'd you feel about this one, Rad? Rob, how'd you feel about this one? I mean, you, you knew it was coming, right? Like, he's, right. he told his brother, I got to tell Roman. I owe it to him and all that. He knows he's probably going to get uh, a talking down to or he's going to get put in the, in the corner in a timeout. Uh, he's, he's definitely dreading going in and having to tell Roman. And they played it off perfectly. That's exactly what it was. He goes in there. He says, hey, man, I didn't know my brother booked this match with Sonya, you know, and, and Roman's like, come on, man. Like, who, who are you for? Like, you know, like yeah. he, he is the godfather, like Ben said. Um, you did that without my approval. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, it, ro- what Roman should have said was, you know, I'll deal with, with Jimmy later, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't think he said. But I, I like the way this played off that, you know, Jay is still uh, uh, a pawn, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Roman's uh, Roman's game. And I'm really excited to see where this where this goes because yeah. nothing is better to me than tension between family or tension between brothers. That's always been a storyline that has worked throughout the years. Um, when they broke up tag teams, you know, between two guys, you'll you'll always get that one match like Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty or you mm-hmm. know Owen Hart and Bret Hart. Owen Hart and Bret Hart were brothers, mm-hmm. and that's why that angle was so freaking fantastic and had some of the best exactly. matches you'll ever see. That cage match at SummerSlam was ridiculous whenever you have blood brothers especially uh breaking up or having tension that's money dude that's money all day long because you know you're invested in them 
Right. And uh, they've done such a great job with, and, and Paul Heyman has to have his fingers all over this. Mm-hmm. It, it's the best thing going in wrestling today. Um, yeah. I, I really like this segment. It played out the way I thought I did. Uh, but even, even though when it's predictable, when it's executed well, it, it's still enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And that's what that, that was with the execution. I love the part where he goes, like, you know, uh, either he's telling me, I had nothing to do with this. It was Jay and Sonya. But, you know, we have a tag team match next to me. He goes, we what's this we, we? Yeah, what's this we? we you know yeah. we're we you know right. that ain't we we're we and he gives them that like it's it, it was in a way of like the disappointment but like that hug like hey i still love you I but love i'm disappointed yeah, yeah he, he grabs him by the head pulls him in like i love you but like you know it's that kind of but i can still f you up if i need to right. like, remember who i am kind of thing because yeah. you have he has that look and he like that's that's the thing that jay does so well he gives this puppy dog i don't know what to do look so when he was talking to jimmy earlier he had that look like yeah i don't know i gotta go tell roman at least you know and then when he's with roman he's kind of got this head down you know beta i I don't you know he he he, when he's explaining the whole thing he's not even looking roman in the eyes he's kind of you know that's (laughs) he's just you know shifting and you know, well, you know, that was Jay and then, but we have a match and then we, what's this? We saying we, you know, which is such a great line. I mean, he, Roman delivered it. So well. that ain't we, we're, we, we're family. We, you know, yep. and he's just talking to him like that. And this is us, this is we, you know, that ain't we, and, you know, and just brings him in and kind of in that, you know, I love you, but you are totally in line here and I can mm-hmm. hurt you if I need to. It was so well done, just brilliant. And like you say, it's got to be Paul Heyman, you know. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he has made this storyline great. The I mean, he saved the first segment. Let's be honest with you. He did. He uh, did. I mean, in in, in uh, to bring it back to that. So, God, whatever they're paying that man, they, <laughs> I mean, it's it's they're getting everything and more from it because he has been such a bright spot for this storyline, um, and just being with Roman, you know, um, that whole idea of him. You, which at first you're like, why does Roman need Paul Heyman? But really, they went, over, they went over the history too, though. Yeah, they like, did. I've known your family for you know 30, 40 years and blah blah blah. And they told that backstory of yeah. why Heyman's with him. You're like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Right. Exactly. And, and and that's where they, they does such a good job. They've laid this background, they told this story, they're doing these things. Cause at first you're thinking, why? Why does it and then they tell it's like Okay, and then it's not that Roman really needs Heyman. It's just that Heyman elevates Roman. He yeah. he gives him that sense of, um, like, he was a star. He was the main event star, but he puts him to that next level. Like, Roman is that, you know, God-level video game character that you are going to have to work <laughs> your ass off to beat. You know, yeah. I mean, where some of those games where you're going to rage quit probably 15 times before you finally beat that guy. You know, and then... Um, so that's where I'm kind of like, all right, man, keep paying, you know, Paul Heyman what you're doing because he's making this thing work. Uh, I wonder, if, like, he's obviously just must be crafting that part of the storyline because he can't yeah. be involved with all of SmackDown. It's got to be so. him to, yeah. because, you well, know. Well, you can tell. I mean, look at the rest yeah. of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of it's just kind of all over the place. I I think he's trying to prove a point, John, because, you know, Ben brought up earlier when he was made, you know, the the – the GM or whatever, the, the writer of raw. Um, I don't, he got a bad deal. I don't think he yeah. was allowed to do exactly what he was able to do because Vince is still there. Yeah. So when he, when he knew he was getting this assignment, 
he put his all into this. Like this is a Paul Heyman that we should have seen uh, when he was in charge of Raw, and he, he right. wasn't allowed to be. He had the handcuffs on. This shows you the brilliance of Paul Heyman, and especially really? when he was writing SmackDown back in what oh three oh four right. five around that right. time, the ruthless aggression era. SmackDown was the number one show, mm-hmm. and now that he's on this segment, look what the number one segment on the show is. It's this with Roman Reigns, and that does mm-hmm. show you how great that Paul Heyman is. Number two, I think at some point, and I think we're even seeing signs of it. Paul Heyman is still bowing to Roman. Like Roman allowed Paul to talk and do the promo for him during the in-ring segment. You know, instead of when Paul's with Brock Lesnar, you knew Paul was the guy that was going to get Brock over. Mm-hmm. Roman doesn't need Paul to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, or not, on, a, on a vocal level. I'm, I'm not saying right. Brock wasn't over. Brock is absolutely over. Uh, mm-hmm. But on a vocal level, because Brock wasn't a great promo, that's fine. Roman is a great promo when he's allowed to do what he wants to do. We've seen it in the past. Um, I think at this point, Roman is on this level to where he is the head of the table. And Jay and Paul are falling in line. And Paul's almost kind of like a almost a fanboy for Roman. Yeah. To, no, to be quite the, honest. This was like last week I was telling James, you know, there was a scene um, where – Roman is talking or whatever, and Paul Heyman's in the background. And he's just like this, like googly-eyed staring at Roman, um, you know. And I'm like, and I said, I, I grabbed that picture and I put it up somewhere, and I said, I want someone to look at me like Paul Heyman looks at Roman Reigns because it's just right. like, you know, like this lustful yes. look at Paul Heyman. Yes. He's just hand in his fist like this, just staring at Roman as Roman's talking, and just like, you know, this he's mesmerized. Is my, he's yeah, mesmerized by him. He that's is. my bay, you know. So you know, which is which is. <laughs> Which is so great sometimes. Just watch sometimes just watching Paul Heyman in the background of the segments is yeah. worth the money itself. So and he was right, kind so, of that way with I'm sorry, before you get the next level, he no, was kind no. of that way with punk too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. punk was on this level and he's like, you know, and they were best friends and he's just holding the title belt. He's so happy to be part of it. He's so happy to be part of, of the punk team and going through the you know four hundred days, whatever he was champion. He that that that's when Paul Heyman is at his mm-hmm. best. He exactly. got really stale as Brock's mouthpiece because he was just repeating the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah. Um, and now he's just he's he's being the true, just shitty, grimy you know promoter that that Paul Heyman is. I I love it. Yeah. It's, it's it's so good, dude. It's good. So. And Jay. Jay has come a long way. Oh, I yeah. absolutely love Jimmy was always the personality of the, of the guys, uh, especially if you watch Total Divas. Jimmy was always the funny guy. Jay really didn't have much of a part of that. Jay has been allowed over the last six or months or eight months or so to really step out of his shell and prove that he is uh, also talented as part of this mm-hmm. tag team. And it's not all about Jimmy. It's all about Jay, too. So I really yeah. I really love what Jay's been doing as well. Yeah, Jay's been great. You know, like I said, the whole being able to tell that story of, where do I go with the facials even? You know, it's not uh, just the yeah. way he says it's the facials and how he portrays himself. It's been yes. great. So all right, so we have the street street profits, they're making fun of the Usos. Um and, and so what, what, what do you think of them, by the way? Because I've I've never been able to talk to you about it. I'm not a fan of the over the top shit that Montez does. Are you a fa- are you a fan of it? I kinda love it. I kinda do. Okay. Cause, all right. cause, Cause you know, like honestly, it's something so different. You know, it's so non WWE. Sure. That like you know, I feel like they just are like, okay, just go have fun, and they let these guys just go for you know Dawkins and Ford. They just say, go have fun. Okay, it's kind of like a a better new day, you know, um, okay. less less annoying new day in a sense, you know, yeah, um, because 
they just something about it's the charisma of Ford that really does it for me. He's got so much charisma. Uh, like you know, um, a while back, you know, say that they're walking through the crowd and there's that scene where he grabs that baby and starts dancing with the baby. And baby. You know, yeah. I mean, how can you not love a guy like that? I mean, right, right, you know, right. I mean, and uh, you know, I'm partially biased. You know, part of my background too is I'm 20 years as a minister. So uh, you know, when he posts stuff on Twitter, it's like, hey, God is good. You know, stuff yep. like that. So I can't, I can't. I kind of root for the guy for that other reason. You know, there's just something about the guy that I really like. And it's just so much fun to watch. Their style in the ring is so much fun to watch. Well, they're fantastic athletes. Oh, yeah. Incredible athletes. I mean, that, that, I mean, that, I call it 50 star frog splash that Ford does. (laughs) I mean, mean, they're calling it from the heavens now, which is so appropriate. It's so good. But he is such a character and has so much charisma that. You know, it oozes out just when he's on the screen. It just oozes off of that screen to where you can't not like him. So, um, and that he's so different, you know, because you don't see that same energy and that same love, that same passion from some of these guys. It's just almost like he is so excited to be there and you can't contain it. And that's why I like it because it's like, um, so when I first started watching, I'm, I asked him, I was like, are these street profit guys always like this? They're like, yeah, this is them yeah. all the time. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Because, I mean, I, you know, it was refreshing. You know, when you compare it to Rude, you compare it to the Alpha Academy, you, you compare it to even the New Day or some of these other people, they're just different. And and I, I'm, I'm a guy that likes different. I, I don't want to see the same things, cookie-cutter things. They don't feel cookie-cutter. They don't feel like they – I know they went through NXT and they, they went through that system, but they don't feel like they were – ever touched by somebody else that this is who they are as a character and they know their character and they've just run with that character for so long that they're letting them do their thing. And that's why I like it. So I'm looking forward to next week because um, really that should be a great match. The Usos were always good as a tag team. And and then with the Street Profits, ooh, this is a new matchup that I think I've won- yeah. I didn't realize I wanted for a long, long time. So to watch these two go out, it's going to be a ton of fun. So I'm enjoying that. And then we have to get to the main event. Yep. Main event, which okay, I, I mean, I don't mind four ways, but you know, it's so funny because me and my son were just like, okay, who's gonna roll out first? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're just waiting for the rollouts. We're waiting for whatever, and you know, the stupid spots. And at one point, somebody's gonna jump on three other people, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a four way, and we knew, and, you know, I'm going, and you know, some for some reason, shenanigans are gonna be the reason why Apollo keeps his title. But I did not expect the shenanigans that happened. You know, I didn't either. I didn't either. Know, this was, you know, before before in the middle of the show, we had a promo from uh, Alistair Black talking about the, you know, the Dark Father and the lessons he's given, the pain, explaining the tattoos and show. Because up to this point, he's been covered. So he's been doing these promos for the last about four or five weeks, uh, Rob, where he's talking about the Dark Father and the lessons he's learned, the pain, you know, how he learned fighting and all these kind of stuff. And then this week was talking about the tattoos and. You know the pain that he developed for that, and then he's going to teach this lesson uh, from the Dark Father. And so, uh, if you watch the match, watch the match. It, it is what it is. But the ending was unique because the lights kind of go out and it's just bright light, and you're kind of wondering what's going on. Yep. And then there, uh, uh, Matthew's like, well, "Somebody fix the lights! What the hell is going on?" And then next thing you know, it's Alistair Black, and Apollo Cruz has got a hold of him, and then uh, a Big E, and then. He walks into the ring and just black masks, you know, a big E. And I mean, I don't know if you saw the replay of this. I he, did. Yeah. he hit him. I mean, I'm like, 
<coughs> Holy shit. Like, I know he's good, but, like, damn, that was real good. That's why I yeah. wish Ben was still here for that. So I could ask him, like, how does the K fade that kick? I mean, I know exactly. I know you can work a little bit snug, but every time you see the black mask, it's been my favorite finisher in wrestling since he came out. It looks like he literally takes their head off. Like I've I've learned from Stevie how you can K fade the super kick. Uh, but I don't know how you pull back on that black mask, dude. It looks brutal. I would not want to take that move. Yeah. Out. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, at least from the angles I saw, his foot is connecting with Biggie's face, you know? Yes. And, yes. and and so I'm going, damn. Just damn. <laughs> and then he walks out the ring and then Apollo Crews went. And it's like, okay, why? You know, what's is is Biggie is this the new direction? Is a is Alistair Black wanting to take Big E, who's considered the most positive guy in wrestling, and they want to bring – has all this been leading up to this moment to spin him out of the Intercontinental to have another mid, mid-card mid feud, which yep. if that's the case, I'm kind of here for that. Like yep. I would love to see that where he's going to start torturing Big E to teach him these lessons that his dark father taught him, and then eventually it becomes where this is the feud. You, you're taking the power of positivity – Versus the lessons from the Dark Father, and you're it's that dark and light coming together and fighting, and who's going to win? And I'm going to add on top of that, I think this is going to result in Big. And I'm going on a limb here, but I think it's going to result in Big E turning heel and becoming a main event monster with the lessons that he learned from Alistair Black. That's where I want to see E going eventually. Ooh, that'd because be good. He, he deserves to be in the main event scene, but he needs. He's another guy where he's still kind of trying to find his voice like we know he's he's amazing on the mic we know he's full of personality but he's still a little bit in that new day mode even though they gave him a new mm-hmm. song and a new presentation whenever they get back together it's like good old times again right mm-hmm. you need to separate big e from his past uh stuff with new day and make him his own man and i think with alistair doing this i think that's that's where they should go and make big mm-hmm. e just a badass monster heel and just fucking tear through everybody. Yeah, that's, he, he needs to be the Lashley of SmackDown. Yeah, and I mean, they, we saw a little bit of that with Apollo in the beginning when he, you know, the whole he hit me with the 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 you know stairs kind of thing, which we know he yeah. did, you know. But we saw a little bit of that where he started to turn into that badass, you know, yeah. um, getting into that golf cart and going, "I'm going to come kick your ass." Where you at? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, like screw, like I know you're in the building. I know we're apart, but he gets in the cop <laughs> cart and like I love that segment. That was great, you know, and yes. him just going straight at him. We see him becoming that badass pajama, but make it the whole time. You yes. know, that's that's the next direction I think for him is we this the flip gets switched and you know maybe like you said, Alistair Black this this series of things where they start building against each other, it makes him flip that switch, but it never turns off. So yep. now it's no longer the power of positivity. It's just this raging monster who's just going to walk through people to get what he wants. And maybe that's how, you know, and James is posited that um, Alistair Black killed Dark Father, that he's Dark Father. So maybe now Alistair Black becomes Dark Father for, yeah. um, you know, Big E and is kind of the one encouraging him to go around this path and yep. being the Dark Father for Big E. So. You know, which man to me that just means that man that would be a great direction to take the story. You know that he's you know Alistair Black has killed Dark Father and he's taking all these lessons and he's going to make a new disciple out of Big E and he's becoming Dark Father. So I don't know. You know, there's a lot to do. I mean, once again, it's a it's a Alistair Black thing. We've seen them start him and stop him so many times. Mm. 
Uh, I just hope that this is something that sticks. It's interesting. It's intriguing to me. It is. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. But we've they fucked him over so many times that it's going to be hard. It's they're going to have to do a lot of work for me to want to be invested into something like that. He's he's so good though. I think he can get over again. Uh, you think just so? based based on his look, uh, based on his how intense he is in the ring, obviously his finisher. I mean, mm-hmm. he, this is the first video I've seen from him on that, because like I said, I haven't been watching. Just that one vignette they had, I was absolutely all in. I was I was very, very intrigued to see where they take it. Do you think he's gonna be like the new version of a fiend? Like a yeah, that, that supernatural kind of character? Uh, I don't know if they're gonna go full supernatural, but I would I would say more like a dark guru. You know, more... he had the, 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 the contacts in yeah. you know, the different colored eyes and all yeah, that. So. Yeah, so he did he did have that one white contact where you know the, just a little bit of people showing. Yeah, uh, I did notice that, but I I think it more less like overly supernatural, like the fiend uh, or the Undertaker, more uh, just where it's there's a sense of mysticism about yeah. him, uh, like a dark guru or yeah. a, a, you know a dark you know sage. Uh, where he's teaching lessons and it seems magical, but it's not really, but right. it's not over the top. You know, right. like that's the thing. The Fiend, I never liked The Fiend because it was so over the top. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 the, the Funhouse stuff was okay, but like The Fiend itself, it seems stupid. You know, and it's like, okay, how do you beat somebody if this is supposed to be some demonic, overworldly thing? Then right. how does that work in the ring? And then he gets <laughs> beat in the ring all the time. And I'm like, and then he gets beat by Goldberg in, in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, great. What's the point? You know? Yeah. I mean, it, that was the whole purpose of The Undertaker was there was such yep. mysticism and they protected him. The Fiend has not been protected at all. And so this is where I hope it's more of a lesser, you know, supernatural, like just that sage type thing because it won't be as over the top. So it's more believable. He's still a man. Yeah. He still can be beaten. But there's just something mystical and um, got that aura about him that just makes you go, but but maybe 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 yeah. maybe there's something more than what I know, um, and and then that's where I I hope well, they go with it. Well, there is a such thing as black magic. I mean, obviously, right? You know that they can tell that story. You being uh, an expert in dealing with mental health, the way they I thought they started playing the fiend and should have kept it going was the fact that he's got a split personality. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's conflicted. He's listening to the voices in his head. That's why he had the gloves hurt and heal. And then they t- they did what Vince McMahon always does and make him a you know make him a monster, make him a ghost, make him make him a zombie, make him like Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. He should have been that paranoid schizophrenic guy mm-hmm. where Funhouse Bray and and Fiend are always separated and they're always conflicted with each other. Like you know, have Bray snap in and out of it during the match. Uh, and they didn't follow that. I thought that would have been a perfect way to play that character instead of going back to the ear of worlds and all that supernatural bullshit. Right. If they would have kept him as as a schizophrenic, you know, like the Waylon Mercy character right. originally, yeah, um, which is what it was, you know, based on, then they could have had money in that because then he could still be beaten because that good side could come out for a second and he'd make a mistake and he get beaten instead of right. making him this. This badass that no sells everything and that stupid hell in a cell match with Seth Rollins, dude. They they fucked over that character from from day one, exactly. and it's it's very unfortunate because they could have gone a long way with the guy that was conflicted with the voices in his head. Randy Orton with that stupid ass fucking song, like I hear the voice in my head. Come on, dude, like that's yeah. dumb. Bray was the guy to have voices in his head. 
And they completely screwed the pooch and ruined it. Yeah. And then the, how cool would that have been? It have been you, all of a sudden he's in the middle of that. She's Funhouse Bray, but then he turns into, you know, Swamp Bray, you know, the, yeah. Bray, you know, the, the uh, Wyatt family Bray, or he turns yep. into Husky Harris, or he turns, like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's almost like he, he morphs into the different personalities because he can't find himself. Right. You know, honestly, that would be a very cool character for a wrestler who's been multiple things. You know, especially someone like Bray, where you have this, you don't know what you're getting in the ring, and in the middle of the ring, you think you're fighting somebody, and you're prepared for Funhouse Bray, and then all of a sudden he morphs into the Fiend, who's this just monster. But then after about five minutes, he's into Bray Wyatt. You know, he's the Wyatt family Bray, uh, and then all of a sudden he's Husky Harris, and then you're just going like, "What the hell am I doing right now? Like, who am I fighting?" And mm-hmm. you know. Honestly, that would be a, a very intriguing character to watch to see, because he would be the kind of performer who could pull that off. Yes, where he could he could play those different characters that is you know switching between them, and and that's to me the more intriguing character than the fiend with the mask. It's just Bray Wyatt with a mask. I mean, okay, great. They just and, they want to they want to sell merch, bro, dude. They, yeah. they want to sell the mask. They want to sell like that stupid ass belt that they. That, I don't even know if they <sighs> sold any of those belts, but you know they wanted they wanted the merch opportunity on that. Yeah, and, and that uh, was supposedly Bray's whole thing. That was that was all Bray. Apparently, yeah. and then Vince loved it, and and was like, yeah, you know, and this is this is the guys who been in <laughs> WWE long enough to know that hey, if I can pop Vince, then that's all that I need to do. You know, but that was the worst thing he could have done because then Vince took that and did what Vince normally does with things that he doesn't understand. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas the other character could have been a better character and I lasted agree. in the long run. But you know, so uh, so that was SmackDown. So overall, I know you said you haven't watched in a while. So Rob, what did you think? Uh, overall, just when you take everything and except, how would you say the show was? For for one, I'm glad it's two hours because, like Ben said, it moves fast. It's it's much mm-hmm. more smooth running than than Raw. Uh, I have caught a couple Raws lately just to see what's going on, and it's it's just it's horrible. I can't. <laughs> three hours is way too long, especially when it's a bad three hours and it's not even a good three hours. Um, but watching this SmackDown, yeah, I mean, I, I still keep touch, you know, like on YouTube with I'll watch some of their videos on their on their YouTube channel, so I, I still have an idea of, of kind of what's going on. I, I read all the stuff on Twitter. Uh, but watching the show, I thought it. I, I thought it, other than going early, it was paced pretty well. Uh, other than the parade of champions, which they could have cut, uh, I, I thought I thought it was good. They they put more emphasis on stories on this show that I noticed than they actually did the in ring action. It's almost like the in ring action was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a good job of of building the angles that they want going forward. Uh, and it's like you said, it's interesting to see how they pace that out. Given the fact that we're a couple months away from them going on the road, they have to get back into that on the road mentality where we're going to be in front of fans again, and we don't want to blow our loads in front of the Thunderdome. We want to kind of, you know, go old school and pace this shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, uh, I did enjoy the show, um, and I, I actually might start watching again, especially with the Roman stuff because I, I'm really intrigued to see where that goes. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, and I want to ask Ben this too, but I didn't get a chance to. What do you think of Pat McAfee uh, as a commentator? You know, honestly, 
I kind of like Pat McAfee because once again, he's outside the mold of WWE. He feels yeah. like he's not being produced by events or anything like that. Like when the, the, the boog entrance happened, he's over there and he's just like punching Cole and, you know, <laughs> doing the rock out there. Yeah. Cole, you know, like, yeah. so to me, it once again, he comes across as genuine, not being yeah. produced, not being whatever, which is a fret. You know, to me, I like that. You know, he doesn't necessarily have, the technical know-how like Corey Graves did or anything right. along those lines. But sometimes with some of these stories, I don't need that. I just need someone who's going to, and I love the fact that, you know, he has his favorites, you know, like with Shinsuke with the whole thing. And like, he's like, Boog, yes, I love Boog. And like, <laughs> you know, cause he'd done some stuff in NXT. So he knows that he knows, Boog, yeah. you know? And so, uh, but then, you know, so he'll, but other times it's like, you know, he'll say, but you know, you got to respect the King, you know, it, he he runs that line between going babyface and heel uh, yeah. as an announcer, which I like because you know it's just like, hey, this is I'm a fan, and you know I might like this guy, but I like this, and you know as fans we have you know there's times where we like a certain babyface, but then we like a heel better, and yeah. so we're talking about it. So to me, I think he brings a sense of genuineness to the the SmackDown um, that you know he 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 really. See, I, that's why I, I disagree. I think he's he hasn't been WWE eyes. I think he has really been something different. He's not a Michael Cole. Like, if anything, you hear Michael Cole reacting to him because I'm hearing more from Michael Cole now uh, as far as passion and things with McAfee than I've had in the last six months beforehand. With because it's fresh, and he got him fresh. and Graves got into such a pro- overproduced, uh, you know, zone that you weren't getting anything organic from them at mm-hmm. all. McAfee kind of plays that wild card with, you don't know what he's going to say. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of see where media is saying, but, and Bobo on Twitter said the same thing. He, he thought the same thing that, that McAfee is, is now in the WWE zone. He's getting overproduced, but I agree with you, John. I don't think that's the case. I think, I think he's different. I don't think Cole knows how to react to him. And we're getting more, mm-hmm. you're right. We're getting more out of Cole than we normally would when he was just in the, just the zombie mode, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is the sheet. This is what we're gonna now. Yep. Do they have to do their promos? Do they have to do the things that they have? Yes, they have to yeah, get. Of you know, they're gonna have to do that. They're gonna have to come to the table, and he's gonna have to do those things of, hey, this is what we're gonna talk about. Uh, yes, we are listening to the same magazine uh, media, uh, but uh, you know, he he does. But that's the thing about McAfee is, I don't. I hear him, but he doesn't overtake the programming. So it's not like. Uh, at the same time, too, I, I don't want someone who's going to overtake what I'm watching. I want someone who it highlights certain points. And so when big things happen, it's almost more the case of he's highlighting these points. of Oh, that was a big moment. And I'm like, yeah, that was. Okay, cool. Um, and I mean, and yes, I will agree. He's not the same as the first couple of weeks. But at the same time, too, he's not still that same WWE guy. You know, when you listen to NXT, when you listen to Raw, when you listen to these other – they're just monotone. This is this is what's happening. Oh wow, this is great, you know, kind of thing. With McAfee, you get that genuine reaction of you know, holy cow, this is what's happening. Um, and, and granted, you know, at the end of the day, too, he's working for Vince McMahon. So if Vince McMahon says, "Don't call it a title, call it a championship or whatever," he's got to try to do the best he can to do that, you yeah. know, because at the end of the day, your boss is paying your check. You know, and any one of you who wants to say, um, well, I just I won't do what my boss tells me, 
and then mm-hmm. fuck mm-hmm. off. You're you're gonna you're not gonna have a job for very much no. longer. You'll you know? be replaced. Yeah, yeah, you will be replaced. I mean, uh, as much as I like to say that I I don't care what people think and I'll do what I want. But at the end of the day, I work for a job. I work for a nonprofit. I have an executive director. At the end of the day, I'll give my opinion. I'll do it in a respectful manner. But when she says this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna do it, whether I agree with it or not, doesn't mean anything. It just means. Right. I gotta follow what my executive director says, you know. And if I don't feel, even if I feel it's not best for what's for a nonprofit of getting the message out of what we're trying to do, I do what she says because she's the boss at the end of the day, you know. And does that mean that makes does that make me a sellout? Maybe, but I'm I like my job. I want to be able to feed <laughs> my kid. I want to yeah. be able to keep the house that I have. So right. you know, McAfee is doing. I, I feel like they're giving him enough rope to be him but still kind of saying, all right, but don't forget, these are our kind of rules as yeah. announcers, you know, and, 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 and they, pairing they, him, I'm sure they give him talking points. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but pairing him with a veteran like Cole too, I think helps because yes. you're getting Cole who's been stuck in that seat for 20 years and just kind of used to everything. You're throwing McAfee in there and you're bringing new life to Cole because, yep. you know, uh, let's be honest, you know, Cole, these last few weeks has been a lot more noticeable and in a, um, you know, and a lot more um, personable, I feel, you know, in these last couple of weeks with, with McAfee going on. So um, that's me. I love McAfee. I think he's been a shot in the arm for SmackDown. Um, I'm, I was glad to see the change. I was surprised, to be honest with you. You know, I like when they first showed up after WrestleMania, I was like, oh, is this like for a one-off thing? And then, you know, as, in the episode, they kept seeing my new broadcast partner, and I'm like, Holy cow. Okay, this is all right. And I'm digging this. And it's just been, you know, every week from the beginning for me has been a, a new effort that I've just really enjoyed. So, um, you know, but that's me. You know, I, I mean, and so I would say this show, like, I agree with you for the most part. The opening sucked. Uh, Paul Heyman. Um, uh, yeah, it, Paul Heyman saved that opening segment. You know, I, it, once again, I just reminded of that scene. I don't remember what movie it's from where the guy's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. You're cool. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. 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 And, and Bailey kind of, <laughs> and then Bailey kind of does the same thing where she's like, fuck you, fuck you. Hey, Commander Aziz and, and uh, Apollo. Yeah. She's like, she's like, what up? What's up? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Bianca, fuck you. You know, yeah. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. That was kind of good. But, you know, <laughs> other than that, you know, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a good show. You're going to have your slow moments. You're going to have your slowdowns and stuff like that. But I feel like they're doing a good job of trying to space those out and pace them. Um, they're not going over. So I have to say before WrestleMania, Rob, there were so many times where they they had so much promo going on. Right. Where the matches were not even, you know, matches were 10 minutes, but promos were 10 and 20 minutes long. You know, like right before WrestleMania when, uh, when you had uh, Roman versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan, each one of those guys got 10 minutes in the ring as a promo. That's wow. 30 minutes on a two hour show. That's, yeah. you know, I'm like going, what the hell? Really? Are they getting 10 minutes each for a promo? And then, you know, we, and then, yeah, because going into WrestleMania, you had the Andre Battle, you know, Royal Rumble, which Jay won. Yeah. And that wasn't even the end of the show. Roman, they had 10 <laughs> minutes, 15 minutes still. I was like, oh shit, they ended this and there's 15 minutes. And then, you know, they went to commercial to come back. I was like, oh, my God, Roman's got 12 minutes to promo. And they still missed the mark by getting off at, like, 57. You know, they went, they yep. went three minutes. They were three minutes short. And they had the rumble. And, they had, and I was like, and he had 10 minutes to promo. 
And it was just mm. like, oh, my God. And that was after Edge had 10 minutes and Daniel Bryan opened the show with a 10-minute promo right. by themselves in the ring. All of them were in the ring by themselves. There was no nothing else going. It was just them in the ring, and that's it. So I do have to say they've done a lot better job of making either a promo not last as long or doing backstage segments to make the promo a little bit right. better and to move it along. And then with they are putting more emphasis on the matches. The matches have been – a lot better. Um, they've been, and, and then those the building towards those things. So um, since WrestleMania, the you're getting the good stuff, you know. So <coughs> I'm sorry, you're getting the good stuff because before WrestleMania, it was awful. I'm talking like I <laughs> hated doing this every Saturday. So yeah, you know, lucky for you. Well, other than talking to MacGyver, because I mean, who doesn't want to talk to him? I mean, he's such a slick, yeah. a slick guy. He's such a good-looking guy. He's he's uh, he's got so much personality. Uh, that's yeah. that's 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 why I would do the show. Yeah. Well, so. hey, James, your check is in the mail from Rob, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a few weeks to get to him from from uh, Nashville to, to Scotland, but you know. Yeah. Well, can, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. You know. what, are, what are you going to do? Well, that's, I mean, that's our show. So, uh, you know, before we go, I, I do want to give our mental health tip for the week. Um, as we always do, thanks to Jackson Stone and you are loved uh, life.com. Uh, Jackson Stone, in case you don't know, if you're just listening for the first time, is a Texas independent wrestler, but he's also a mental health advocate and he's done some audio stuff for us for the show, but also um, gives weekly tips. And so this week's weekly tip is, um, you know, basically take five minutes a day to put down your phone and put, turn off all your electronics and just take a moment to just clear your mind and, and meditate, relax, pray, whatever it is you do. Just to turn everything off and just take five minutes for yourself to clear your mind, whatever that is in the day. It's five minutes. We're not asking you for an hour and a half or three hours. Take five minutes to just turn everything off and clear your mind and think about it and, and just get right with the past. Because sometimes we get so overwhelmed with media and social and, and, and our devices and everything that that hurts our mental health process in the long run. And so we need to take those five minutes to just really – reset ourselves and so um be sure to do that and so um other than that you know i guess this is the point where you got to do the plugs and all that kind of stuff so uh rob do you want to start with our plugs this week and how you want to plug it plug everybody tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and all the various podcasts you got and things like that yes sir and uh, again before i do that i appreciate uh you having me on and 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 being able to fill in for macgyver it was it was great to talk to you for the first time face to face yeah uh and uh hopefully we could do maybe some more projects on the road i'll you know i'll get you on my retro show and we'll talk some we'll talk some old school stuff so heck yeah dude uh, it was definitely fun talking to you today uh you guys can find me on twitter at rad rob gaming I'm a Twitch gaming streamer, twitch.tv slash radrobgaming. I stream every Tuesday night and Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube gaming channel called Rad Rob Gaming. I also host RTW Rewind right here on HMG. We recently changed the format where uh, I used to cover just strictly retro wrestling, and now it's open up to everything else, whether it's movies, TV, politics, commercials, you know, anything like that. We've had Big Ray and MSG on the last two weeks talking the evolution of the Internet. Uh, and the, uh, the the impact that MTV had uh, on all of our lives. Uh, RBV's coming up next. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, fast food, the way uh, fast food has changed our lives as well. We're going to take a deep dive into the world of, uh, of uh, Rick's favorite passion, which is food, uh, <laughs> yeah. which a lot, of us, a lot of us are uh, the same way too. Uh, so that'll be coming up as well. That drops every Sunday. 
uh, on HMG. We'll be streaming here live on the HMG YouTube channel, uh, and eventually it will be on Realm once we get uh, once we get over there. Uh, but you can check it out on the on the Hameen uh, affiliate feed uh, with all of our other great shows like uh, uh, the New Force Order. Uh, he, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> John will get into his shows too. Uh, but that's what I got going on. I also host uh, a separate show called RTW Main Event. Uh, which is my kind of comedy slash variety show with the Ocho from the Brothers Grappler uh, that drops every Thursday. That's always a fun listen. We just we fuck around for an hour and a half. We really don't talk <laughs> about much. It's it's a, it's an easy listen. Um, and regarding your mental health tip, there, John, that is a great tip. And for one myself who who suffers from uh, anxiety and and depression late in life, it's I think it's something I always had, but I never really identified what it was until I got into my forties. Uh, so now I'm on a couple different pills to kind of regulate my serotonin levels and stuff like that. So uh, I do know what it's like to have to, uh, you just get so overwhelmed with everything that's going on. You get so, you're, you're so used to having a phone right in front of you. Uh, sometimes it takes away from my family or, or my daughter. And it's like, sometimes, like you said, you just got to stop, drop everything, go into your prayer closet, whatever your habit is, whatever you want to do to kind of clear your mind. That's, that's a fantastic tip. And that's something I'm, I'm, going to implement going forward so uh, i'm glad you brought that up but yeah guys we got so much going on here at hmg coming up here with the uh the the, the new branding that we're going to have with uh vince russo buying the realm network and we're merging with the brand we're going to be um managing a lot of their content uh so hopefully i think ben said by june 1st we should get that rolling yeah. uh, but we're gonna have so much more for you guys coming up here all the talented crew that we have here at hmg two-man power trip the brand all of our uh, our main event talent, like the A Show, uh, with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I, I hope uh, bring them on. I'm actually going to be on their yep. show probably this next coming week, uh, talking mental health and some other things. So and I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, yeah. With, with Rip Rogers, uh, you know, we have the the beautiful people. Uh, just so many different talented. I don't want to leave everybody out, but you, you guys know what the shows are. We got a lot more coming up here, but uh, yeah, man, that's 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 what I got going on. All right. And so, you know, if you need to talk to me, you can always reach me on uh, uh, Instagram or, or Twitter uh, at jreezymen. Um, if you want to reach me on TikTok, I'm a jreezy just because I've got it because I have a 15-year-old. I'm kind of more monitoring his stuff than anything else. But yeah. then I'm able to embarrass him by doing some of the videos. <laughs> that I have. <laughs> and so, uh, but then it comes to find out he's just like me where I ha he has no shame. So I have no shame. So he's not embarrassed either. <laughs> right. So, uh, but and then, uh, but also if you want to just talk mental health, if you need help with your mental health, you, you want to know where to start uh, or you want me to help you find resources in your area. Uh, there's lots of, honestly, people don't realize there's lots of free resources that people can have uh, that are government sponsored or through non-government non organizations that have free mental health support or reduced cost mental health support. So if you need help finding that, finding that path of, of going about it, or if you just need somebody to kind of every now and then talk to, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm an advocate for youth. And um, in that process, I've had to learn how to do some ways to talk to people and help reduce stress and um, handle mental health, but not on the level where I'm a therapist or a counselor. But if you want help figuring out how to, what plans that we need to make to help you, you can email me, John, at freedomhousepc.org, and I'll be glad to walk you through that. Now, I'm not going to talk Star Trek. I'm not going to talk wrestling. I'm not going to talk any of that stuff. If you're, if you're communicating me there, we're only going to talk mental health and because I, I care about you and I want you to live, I want to, you to go forward being healthy. But I'm also on the Academy Star Trek podcast with Triple D, Demetrius Zordos. Uh, we record every other week. 
um, talking Star Trek. So if you want to get on Star Trek and talk about this, you can you can go over there, listen to us on the affiliate feed. Um, you can find all the different ways to contact us there. Um, and then of course here on the Smack Attack, you know we have a we have a mail sack every week. Um, so you can uh, James usually has all the plugs for that, but you can find them on t- us on Twitter. You type in Smack Attack, you find us there. We're on James and I are both in the Hami Media Group discussion group. You can hit us up there. We're on Discord. We have a leaf there. You can contact the Smack Attack group. Uh, and then you can also email the show, um, which is in the notes or whatever, because I never, I don't have access to any of that. James has access to all that. So when he's gone, I'm just kind of going, yeah, that's all you, you whatever. So, uh, and if nothing else, uh, just spam him today and tell him happy birthday. Um, yep, happy I mean, birthday, James. He, he's on a, he's on a bender. Apparently he's watching, he's watching Eurovision, you know, yeah, yeah. like yeah. the real Eurovision, not the movie with, with Will Ferrell, but the real Eurovision. And so give him a hard time about that. Uh, but apparently he said Flo Rida was on the show. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, no, it's, it, it's mail sack, M-A-L-E. You know, we, we unload our mail sack every week, um, <laughs> by the way, media. Uh, so, I mean, if you're not, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. If you're right. a guy. Um, so that's how you can get a hold of us. That's how you watch the show. Um, we're here uh, every Saturday. Usually we try to, uh, since James is in Scotland, we release a show around noonish uh, every time on YouTube. Um, and so, um, live here until we get switched over to the realm and then we'll be recording and posting stuff there as well. Um, since the main feed has been, um, Thanos. So, uh, once we get all that situated, you're going to start seeing us more on different places like that. Right now you can go to Patreon, see everything on HMG. Uh, if you're not following the A show, go follow them on Patreon, follow them on Twitch, you know, and then you're going to see yours truly there, uh, hopefully this week. Um, talking with April Hunter and Aaron Stevens about uh, just, they wanted to highlight positive people who are doing things in, in the world and bring positivity back. And so um, they asked me to do that. And so I'm going to do that for them. So, um, and Hey, any chance to talk to April Hunter? Hell yeah. Hell I mean, yeah, dude. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say no to that. So, and then of course, looking at Aaron Stevens, dreamy eyes and just being like, Hey, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, so that's everything I got, Rob. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for coming in and and stepping in this week for James, uh, so that he can get his bender on. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope you have a good week, my man. And uh, if you ever need anything from us, just let us know. And if you ever want to come back, you know, you start watching. We want. We'd love to have you come do a run in and tell us what you thought about stuff. So um, you're always welcome on this show from this point forward. So. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, brother. And thanks to everybody that came out and hung out with us this morning. Society, Reviews, Jerome Hall, uh, Media M5, Lab Rat, Gam, everybody that stopped by. You're, you guys are always HMG lifers. Mm-hmm. We do appreciate all of our wonderful uh, listeners and watchers. So thanks for everybody hanging out with us. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, brother. And, uh, you know, we'll do it again some other time. Yes, sir. All right, guys, that wraps up the Smack Tack for today. Uh, we appreciate again. We appreciate everybody listening on the audio feed and everybody watching on the Hameen Media Group YouTube channel. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, hopefully, we'll do this again. Hope everybody has a great weekend. And whatever you do, just be safe. Don't do anything stupid, uh, especially you, MacGyver. Uh, if you're listening, <laughs> don't do anything dumb, brother. Uh, we want to see you back here next week because I really don't want to watch SmackDown that much. <laughs> uh, until then, guys, appreciate you watching and listening. We'll see you on the next one. Take care, guys. 